When we speak about equality, the conversation is almost always centered around pay. We tend to talk about how women still earn roughly 84% of what men earn, and how the median income of black families is still hovering around $41,000, whereas white families have a median household income of more than $71,000. But is the focus on pay gaps really what's most important? Or should we be looking at something far more significant? On this episode of Voluntary Input, I speak with William Adams about this very thing. With a tech career spanning some 30 plus years, he was one of the first black entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley, was recently profiled by the Computer History Museum. He is co-founder of Microsoft's Leap Apprenticeship Program. He's currently the technical advisor to the CTO at Microsoft. And quite frankly, he's one of my heroes in tech. Never forced, never coerced. Open discussions about things in life that matter to you most. From tech to TV, movies, and gaming, and everything in between. Visit VoluntaryInput.com to subscribe, contact us, and find out how you can support the show. Catch new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Well, William, I want to thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Um, first of all, do I call you William? Do I call you Bill? Do I call you Mr. Adams? You know, what, what do I call you? <laughs> Mr. Definitely William. William, okay. I think it'd be funny if someone called me Mr. Adams. People call me sir at the grocery store. So I was like, ooh, must be the the balding oh, and gray. Oh, the sir thing. <laughs> oh, no, that depends. It depends on the situation for me. If you call me sir, I'm like, yeah, that's right, sir. That's right. That's right, I'm <laughs> sir. <laughs> So before we jump on in and start goofing off, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is William Adams. I'm a, a longtime technologist, uh, philanthropist, futurist. Uh, I've been in tech for um, all my adult life and even beyond that, I learned a program. I taught myself programming when I was like 12 mm. and I've just been doing it ever since. I had a company with my brother for about a decade and a half. And I joined Microsoft in 1998, and I've been shipping software, doing systemic changes, and um, just living that life ever since for 24 years. 24 years. Yeah, you're, um, I was looking at, you know, of course, we stalk you a little bit to, once we get you on the show. I mean, you have mm -hmm. a, a career that, you know, spans 30 plus years. Um, and most yeah. significantly, significantly, you were, um, touted as being among the first few black entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And, and Silicon Valley is interesting. It started in, um, let's say the fifties and sixties with hardware companies, you know, around aerospace. And that was the birth of places like Intel and all that. Um, and that was a certain set of, of folks. And then software, let's say in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, that's mm -hmm. when we were on the scene. Um, and yeah, my brother and I were, um, as far as tech founders running their own tech company, there weren't a lot of us. Um, no, I... and, and there we were. <laughs> what was, uh, what was that like? Like, what was the atmosphere like at that time? You know, was it, 
do you remember having those, I always like to call them uncomfortable conversations from time to time with people like either in a, you know, a, a corporate setting or just in general? Well, back then, so, you know, it's the, let's call it the go-go 80s and 90s. Uh, everybody was starting companies, you know, uh, every, it, everything was just a buzz. Um, the only times you run into the really uncomfortable conversations is when you go and try to fit in where you may not be welcome. So, mm. all right, we want to get some VC money. Right. You know? And my brother has the experience of the VCs essentially telling him, we will never give money to people like you. Oh. You know, that sort of thing. It's like, what do you mean people like me? Like, I don't have the right suit? Uh, what are you talking about exactly? Terrible. You know, <laughs> we would have that kind of stuff. But a lot of times we were just trying to like get our nut, right? It's like, we're just squirrels out there. It's like, we're hustling, we're writing code, we're shipping product. Um, we didn't know that we were being discriminated against or anything like that. So we were just doing what we could. And mostly people would just... Um, interact with us on our merits. Uh, we don't know what we didn't get because of who we were, mm -hmm. um, but we did a lot of very interesting things and we were in the mix for a lot of um, a lot of stuff, like from the birth of the Macintosh to uh, Steve Jobs doing Next Computers, right. um, even dealing with Taligent and uh, the B operating system, you know, these these obscure things that the are- The B, oh my God. Yeah, so we were we were in there. Uh, doing stuff. So what was the company you and your brother first started back then? Adamation. So uh, our, our names, Adams. Um, yeah. And then we were, we were our business cards say uh, Adamation education for application. You know, <laughs> we were going to train people how to use computers and stuff like that. Um, but we ended up just writing software and selling it. And, and, you know, not to, I don't know, sound nosy, but how did it go? Oh, you can be nosy. So we were, uh, you don't see us on the Forbes list. We did not make the, you know, Fortune 500 or anything like that. We survived enough to feed ourselves and grow our families and buy our first house, that sort of stuff. Um, but commercially, that was a hard time because it was, uh, I think that was pre-recession. Um, it was the dot-com uh, times and the dot-com mm -hmm. bubble and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so we had a little bit of success, but not a, not a, we didn't become millionaires off of it. Right. Right. And there were some lean years in there too. Literally, you know, riding home on my bicycle, looking in the gutter for a dollar bill so I could buy a donut for dinner. Oh, I mean, that was common. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, well, I mean, you hear stories like that, but People say, well, that builds character, though. <laughs> I was just hungry, man. I was yeah, just hungry. So I had those muscles. Well, you were riding the, yeah, riding the bike. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll fast forward a little bit. Uh, so you, you landed at Microsoft, and then you co-founded co uh, the Leap uh, Apprenticeship Program. Can yep. you tell us what brought you to that point in your career, you know, filling the need for Leap, as well as a little bit more about Leap? What is it? Yeah, so first of all, um, Leap is a is a 16-week apprenticeship program, and, and it essentially fills this niche of how do we get more um, women and minority, underrepresented minorities into the company? 
And this was a question raised in 2015, actually. Um, and I just decided, okay, this is a problem I'm going to go and address, right? Um, why is it that we are not hiring more women and minorities? What's the problem, right? Right. right. Um, and oftentimes, you know, if you take a cursory glance at it, you say, oh, pipeline, you, there's not enough of them. It's like, really? The talent pool. No talent pool. <laughs> the talent pool. There's no yeah. talent pool. It's like, right. really? Really? Is that really the problem? Or are you just not looking very hard? <laughs> uh, so it was a combination of, well, where are the people? Because they're not, we only get so many out of Stanford, MIT, Carnegie Mellon, Berkeley, whatever. You only get so many, mm -hmm. right? And they're predominantly male. Yeah. Um, you get whatever women and minorities you do get, but that's it. You know, it's, it's not a deep pool there. So where are they? Um, and we came across these coding academies where a lot of people were career switchers, mm. um, moms coming back to work, like they already had a CS degree, but they were out to raise children. They want to come back and there's just no avenue for them. Right. 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 Um, and people who were just like, I was a, a biotech um, lab engineer and I decide to become a programmer and let me in, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but the usual way of hiring is through like either college internships or just industry hires that have 10 years of experience. So when you're not either one of those, you're kind of in this crack where if any hiring manager gets your resume, they're just going to, you know, bin it. They're not going to really give it much thought. Right. Uh, so the program was essentially to say, hold on now, let's essentially create the college intern experience, but for people who are in this situation where they're coming from something else, right? So that is it's 16 weeks long so that we can train them on our specifics. They can go into a team and act like a college intern would, you know, work on some sort of project. That team gets to uh, evaluate them for an extended period of time and they get to evaluate us as to whether they want to work with us or not, right? Uh, so we created this program and we uh, do it in cohorts of these days they're, they're doing mega cohorts, like a hundred and something, but um, it was typically like anywhere from 20 to 50 at a time. And we'd run multiple of those per year. So uh, that gets you in, uh, you, you apply, you get um, interviewed, you do the internship and um, and then there's either a yes or no hiring decision at the end of it. Um, so that's what we did. And the program's run since 2015. So what, this is 2022. So seven years almost. Wow, so um, it's still going. Um, it's still going. Now it's owned by HR and it's a big thing. Of course it's an HR lots thing. Lots of now. resources. Yeah. <laughs> but it started out of engineering. Did not now, was, was this something you brought to Microsoft's attention or did they say, yeah. we need to figure this out and then they approached you? Or... No, no, no. So I, I went to one of our um, corporate vice presidents who I work for again now after all these seven years. Mm -hmm. um, and I just asked him what was uh, one of the top challenges he had. One of the, what's the, one of the top business challenges, right? And he just kind of said, well, you know, there's this diversity thing. And that was about it. <laughs> you know, but he was thinking of it though. That's yeah. It was it was on know. people's minds. Yeah, it was on his mind at least. Yeah, yeah. In 2015, it wasn't quite the way it is today, where it's like, oh, we got to solve this now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it wasn't. It didn't have that play. It was like eh, diversity. You know, it wasn't quite on everyone's um, review. 
Right. Where it says you must have a diverse team. It was like, ah, diversity. Yeah, we should do something about that. Um, Diversity diversity day. Sorry, office. The office joke. Diversity day. (laughs) Diversity day. (laughs) Diversity minute. Uh, So, yeah, it was just an open question. It's like, ah, there's a diversity. Go figure that out. Mm -hmm. And And you were like, oh, oh, I'll show you. I'll tell you what the problem is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you also, you mentioned something else in there too, that I, it just kind of made me think you said that a lot of times the hiring was out of like MIT, Stanford, places like that. Yeah. There's also the challenge of a lot of people can't go to those schools. Oh, exactly. And does that mean you're, you're, you're not qualified to be in my engineering team? No, it just means you don't have access to that kind of education. Right. You, you for whatever reason, you're you're on a different path. I didn't go to MIT. I went to Berkeley. So, and there's yeah. some brilliant people out there that yeah, they'll never touch. They'll never step uh, step foot on those schools grounds. So, yeah, that's... right. And there's brilliant people who may never um, get that kind of form. Like my CS education didn't really come from the schools. Mm-hmm. I was self taught. I learned uh, programming and uh, assembly code as a 12 year old. I taught myself. Right. I did so the same any, with basic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anyone had asked me, it's like, well, where'd you get your schooling? It's like, I didn't, but I can write a game in assembly language. <laughs> I was know? doing the same thing, making games. And it was just me, my brother and my friends, like yeah. just making games. Yeah. Right. So you have to look beyond the, the typical resume markers, you know, keywords and say, well, what is this person capable of? Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, there you go. So you also created something called the event. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about that and and what is its importance? What is it? Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> Why'd you do this? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, let me let me give you a little bit more um, color to what what motivates me to do any of these things, um, and then the event will will fit in the right place. Um, so the leap thing, you know, I've been at that point. I had been at Microsoft already for. Uh, not quite 20 years, but a long time. Mm-hmm. And by going to that person and saying, you know, what what else? It's basically, look, I've shipped a thousand times. I've built teams. I've lived in different countries. Um, what other big challenges are there, right? Right. And uh, so Leap was one kind of thing because it's like, well, that's not shipping software. That's shipping people and transforming the way we hire people, right? <laughs> um, it's cultural change. Um, the, the event came out of, uh, uh, over the last year, actually during the pandemic, um, and, uh, George, George Floyd killing, I just kind of took a step back and went, all right, um, here I sit 20 some plus years of, of Microsoft. I've accumulated some amount of wealth. We're okay financially, emotionally, we have a house, you know, all that sort of stuff. What is my responsibility to my community, right? Right, right. Uh, that was a spark. Is like, yeah. What is? It? All right. So you you feel like you're responsible in some way to help uh, drive our community forward. What are you going to do? Are you just going to take your money and Oprah it out? Like you get ten dollars and you get ten. <laughs> everybody gets ten dollars. <laughs> right. Or are you going, or is there something more I can do that leverages my years of experience in tech, you know, 
And so I came up with this idea called the event, which is essentially um, the, the best thing to, to say about it is um, TED Talks meet hackathon. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I'll give you kind of the picture. And it's, it's basically saying, all right, um, what, what is the challenge of philanthropic efforts? One is that you give a bunch of money out, it gets spent, and then that's kind of it. You're done. And the people are still back in the state they were in. Right. It looks like um, nothing changed. Nothing changed. And we've done this in Africa for years and years and years. We've oh, spent yeah. Trillions of dollars. And it's like, and it's still got pop bellies out there. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I thought, well, really what I want to do is to help show communities how to empower themselves to solve problems on their own. Right. Um, and what's what's the challenge? Like when you go into a place like a... Um, let's call it inner city Oakland. Right. Um, they have, they have various challenges, both from education, um, crime, there's just all sorts of challenges. So it's hard for people to pull themselves away. And if you say, Hey, we're going to solve your pollution problem locally. It's like, they wouldn't know where to start. Exactly. They don't have right. access to the right resources. They don't have capital. They don't have infrastructure. So there's just like, whatever. And they get dumped on by people who know that they don't have the right voice to say no. It becomes right. a PR campaign, commercials, cute flyers, blah, blah, blah. And like you said yeah, just done. a second ago, and then we're back to where we were. Right. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll use the um, the Caribbean as a, the Caribbean. I'll use U.S. Virgin Islands as a perfect example of, of what the event is. So one of the challenges they have there is it's an island, and so they have um, challenges with waste management, right? Mm -hmm. They're awash in, in uh, plastic like everybody else, but they're yeah. an island. <laughs> so it's, even so more it's a bit more, yeah, contained, right? Yeah, so you look at a, a place like that and you go, hey, community, let's let's try to solve this. Um, I know of some people in my network who are experts in um, uh, chemistry, you know, and uh, poly whatever, you know, the people that turn plastic into oil and oil into plastic. Um, you guys, uh, there's this guy on island who's a welder. Um, there's these other people on island who have no skill other than the ability to walk around and pick up plastic. All right. So let's all get together. I'll bring in the experts. You guys bring the welder. We'll bring these local community people. Let's talk about this problem. And let's come up with some solutions. So there's some amount of talk mm -hmm. where it's like, hey, here's what the problem space is. Uh, and then you brainstorm as a community, right? So you're teaching them how to brainstorm. And then at the end of that, you say, okay, now let's activate. Part of the mix is also people who are funders. So VCs, you know, people who know how to develop uh, business plans, all that. You work on something and say, hey, I know what would be really good here. Let's create a paralysis um, Plant. And pyrolysis is a process whereby you warm stuff up with, in the absence of oxygen and it'll turn plastic back into oil and okay. diesel yeah. and gas, right? And it requires some welding of some vessels and some plumbing and blah, blah, blah. So you could actually prototype one of these processing plants within a week, you know, if you have the right equipment. And you can say, that, that would be great for us. Why don't we create two or three of those? Um, why don't we form a little company, a community-based company that's going to create paralysis uh, plants 
and we'll use them in our community and we'll get some fees because we'll be cranking out uh, bunk fuel basically uh, that we can use in the local power plant uh, and we'll solve our waste management problem with regards to plastic. And we, the local community, will own the equity in that company that we create. Right. So that it's not some random, you know, waste management of Washington comes in and makes all the millions of dollars off our backs. Right. Like, no, we made millions of dollars off of our own invention. And uh, let's create another th another solution to another problem. We now know how to create. Uh, so the event is the mechanism for spurring that kind of innovation within communities so that people will um, solve their local problems and enrich themselves in the in the same process, right? Uh, they'll gain an equity share in things rather than just being like, yeah, all the equity goes over there and we're just left with nothing. <laughs> I love you. Right? You through that whole thing you kept kicking around my favorite word community because i think that's yeah. a, that's a huge problem that we continue to have is there's a lack of community and a lack of understanding something like you just described we as communities can do these things as communities right. together and move forward yeah yeah and it's it's a challenge of you know you have to um leverage the skills of people like me i mean a lot of us have Mm -hmm. gone through and learned a lot of stuff in life right and it's time to start applying it you know and for me it's like well don't just retire to the beach you know turn back around and uh teach in the community share what you've learned so that other people can have a better uh advancement right so that's what i'm doing and i challenge my fellow you know tech bros it's like hey man what are you doing with all that money laying around you know you can't take it with you let's go we got to teach some people some stuff william i tell you I, I i honestly didn't expect this answer from you and uh oh, really what, what were you expecting i don't i don't know what i was expecting but this is something that i've been challenged with for years and i talk about it all the time i'm like you know, I need to be doing something. And I, you know, you wake up, you turn on the TV, you turn on the local news and you see, oh, another shooting. Yeah, These kids down in the city despair. shooting. And it's like, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing? I'm, yeah. I'm tired of worrying about, well, what are we, you know, what is everyone else doing about it? What am I doing? What am I doing? To help contribute to fixing this. Cause I know what right. a lot of things that need to be done. And I try to do some of them, but I'm with you. We need to, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I, I have a family. We're fine. Now, what do I need to do for others? Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, I think for me, at least it's clear. Uh, I had to make sure that I scope my uh, work appropriately because there's a lot of challenges in the world, right? It's yes. like, well, you can look, you know, in this one neighborhood in Atlanta, they have a 70% dropout rate from high school of black males. And it's like, are you going to go solve that? Okay, this other neighborhood, we've got too much rape. This other neighborhood, we got too much drugs. This other, you know, right. are you going to solve all of that? It's like, I can't. I'm going to do what I can do. Um, I can show people how to build businesses. And that in turn is going to enrich their lives. And that in turn is going to make better outcomes for their children. And that in turn will solve this um, this uh, incarceration rates and all sorts of other things. So I'm going to do what I can do. Absolutely. Right. 
Wow, that was great. Um, <laughs> and you're right. I don't know what I was expecting you to say, but that's why we do the show because we learn. <laughs> and funny thing is, speaking of which, speaking of learning, we talked previously and I had mentioned to you, I was like, you know, I've noticed there's a lot more women, a lot more people of color in general, it seems. You know, I see a lot of, you know, there's black Twitter, there's black tech Twitter, and I see a lot of people and it seems like things are going forward so great. You know, it's like, we're doing great. And then you shared a sobering statistic with me. You were mm -hmm. like, well, this is where we were before and here we are now. Can you share that with everyone again? Oh yeah, was it about the, the percent of, of blacks in Microsoft or something? Yeah, you were saying, well, so many years ago we were something yeah. at. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, and, and poor Microsoft, you know, they're my employers and, and it, 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 <laughs> But I've been there 24 years, so I'm truly not bashing. I'm just stating reality. Right. Um, back when I joined in 1998, there were 2.6% uh, uh, blacks in technical roles. Um, and that was 1998. So 24 years later, we're up around 3.6%. Um, so 20 years, 1%. <laughs> um we can do nothing but laugh at that. And I've yeah. been a part of trying to improve that number, but it's like, it's just, you know, it's, it, it's two steps forward, one step back in some situations because it's like, yeah, right. We, we just hired a hundred people, you know, in one year. <laughs> and then we buy Activision, which is probably predominantly white male or something like that. So it's well, like, <laughs> well, we know about Activision. We won't get into that story. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like, okay. Um, but those are the, that's the reality of, of where we are, right? And mm -hmm. you can you can deconstruct it all all you want. And it's like oh, well, there's only so many percentage. We're only twelve percent population, and blah 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 blah. It's like yeah, um, but uh, this is what systemic. Um, I'm not going to say uh, the R word, but this is what systemic uh, constraints do, right? Uh, a system will keep things the way they are rather than change because change is hard and it's hard to disrupt systems. Um, but there's more than one way to skin the cat, right? It's like, well, you don't all have to get a job at Microsoft right away. It, it looks like the path, one path in is uh, to get acquired. Mm -hmm. So why don't we spend a lot of time trying to build black owned companies with the, the eye towards uh, doing mergers and acquisitions down the line? because then you can build a company, build equity and get 300 people hired at once, right? Right. Uh, because of the value of what they're doing, not because they're black, you know, <laughs> but because they produced something that was of value in their collective and they were an acquisition target. And now you're, you're minting millionaires because that's how it's done, right? And, you know, I've thought about that. When have there ever been any black owned tech companies that were acquired by any of these big companies. I can't, I don't. Very few. There's, I mean, you can, you can count black owned tech companies that earn more than a million dollars on two hands, mm -hmm. you know, uh, there's not a lot. And, it, and it's again, systemic, it goes down to like VC, the number of, um, black owned or even women owned companies that get venture capital 1%. It's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because we're not out there trying, but there's systemic things, right? Like, yeah. okay, we just don't know. We don't have as many 
fathers, uncles, moms um, who are already in that space who right. know about VC and can say, hey, Billy, come on. We're going to go meet Uncle Jack and get you your $50 million. <laughs> exactly. Right? We're going to go on down to the the Stanford board and, you know, tie, rub elbows with all those millionaires. Like, we don't have that. Voluntary Input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. And that's something I try to teach my children. There's a difference between being rich and wealthy and what you just described. That's wealth, generational wealth. That's totally different ball game. And a lot of us don't have that. You're right. And it's hard to understand also. And and I've explained to people before, it's like, well, yes, get the job with a good paycheck, but you can't stop there. You need to build equity. You need stock. Right. (laughs) You need some assets. Don't go just buy a fancy car and call it a day. It's like you need assets that you can pass down to your children so that they get a leg up, you know, so they're not starting from scratch. And you kind of already answered my next question, which was going to be something along the lines of, you know, we talk about uh, hiring more people of color, but, you know, why you feel that it's most important that we worry about having ownership. Uh, I think you called it, what is it, tech? Equity, yes. Equity, yeah. So, equity. I created that word. I'm probably not the only one who who did, but what it means to me is, uh, I recognize that um, technology is the thing that's driving the world's wealth right now. You know, if you look at top billionaires in the world, mostly it's around technology, right? Um, so, okay, fine. That's the state of things. It used to be railroads, you know, right. and, and then it was automobiles and then it was, you know, uh, other industrial sorts of things. Right now, today is technology. If you don't own an equity share of technology, you don't benefit from the rise of technology being a wealth builder, right? So you need to not just get the paycheck, but you need stock in those companies or you need to be creating your own tech um intellectual properties such that you are creating value as you know tech rises um and i also use the analogy you know rising tide lifts all boats right right well if you don't have a boat <laughs> you're gonna be the tide doing you <laughs> the, the, the tide is drowning you so right and those boats right now are built out of technology so we better learn how to build boats out of technology or else we're just going to be drowning um so yeah techity is all about getting equity through technology and doing whatever it takes for that to be true. Right. Right. So we'll back up a little bit then. So what would you say to a person of color who is just starting get, you know, just getting started in technology, whether they worked in another field before, or this is their first foray and they're like, this is what I want to do. What's some practical advice you would give them? Say, this is the path you may want to start going down now. Yeah, for me, it's always been about um, uh, passion and enjoyment. Uh, It's hard to be into tech uh, just 
because you're chasing something mm -hmm. you know what i mean like well why are you programming because that's how you get a good job it's like becoming a doctor and you don't even like people right right it's like you can do it but what a horrible existence so for technology for me now it's getting easier because technology is everything you yeah know? it's like you can't swing a bat without hitting some technology in, in your life I'm, I'm surrounded by tech in my office here it's like <laughs> there's probably 20 computers in here um so the first the first thing of advice is to understand what it is that you think is interesting. Don't start with which is the highest paying job. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You can try that, but it, it's not the, it's not, it's not a long-term outcome. You'll burn out fast. And, mm -hmm. and you won't get anywhere. Um, so I would start with an examination of, well, what is the current state of technology? What do I mean by technology? Am I talking about being a programmer? Am I do I like numbers? Do I like statistics? Maybe I like machine learning. Um, data analyst. Data analyst. You know, there's a lot of ways to be a, a tech person and right. earn a job that's pretty decent. Uh, so I, I would I would survey various fields, particularly something you're actually interested in. Like I'm interested in food. Okay, well, look at logistics in food service. Um, farm to table, you know, and how technology is used in those areas or uh, how you use, how you can use technology to advance hydroponics or um, uh, various other uh, ways of growing that leverage technology instead of just, you know, fields of dirt. Um, I would look for that first. Uh, and, that's and then I would pick something. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> then go. I would pick something <laughs> yeah. that's interesting and go deep on that something. And along the way, you're going to learn uh, the tools of technology in that particular area, whether it's programming or doing web pages or statistical gathering data and cleaning data, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. right? right. And it's, it, I'm glad you said that because that's something we tell our kids all the time. Well, at least I do most often. Whatever you do, don't chase money. Because like yeah, you said, you'll, first of all, you'll burn out. You'll you can make good money, but you may end up miserable. Yep. Find what you love yeah. and love what you do. And then the money will come. That's the best yeah, way I look at it. And it probably sounds like a cliche for a lot of people. You know, it's like, oh, that's fine. You already got a bunch of money. It's like, <laughs> right. Not always. I mean, I was literally riding home at dark at night, you know, looking for a dollar in the gutter just to eat. But I kept doing it because right. I liked doing what I was doing. And it did turn out to be, you know, it all turned out great in the end. Exactly. And then to move on further from that, let's say the person, they find what they love. They love what they do. They're doing great. They've learned a lot of things along the way. Now they want to start getting on into entrepreneurship because, you know, you mm. keep talking about we need ownership. So what are some, you know, what's some techniques and knowledge you think they should acquire to start moving on into that direction? Yeah, first and probably first and foremost is um, mentors, um, mentors and partners, right? It's, it's a lot easier to do a business thing when someone's there, you know, the grizzled old vet, hey, uh, let me tell you what, here's a, there be dangers here, watch out for these landmines. Right. Um, and then there's just simple things they'll tell you like, get an accountant, because taxes will kill you 
<laughs> oh, we see that you know. all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. I've seen people I mean, get crushed by just, taxes. Yeah, it's like you don't want to mess that up. So no, it's like I don't, I don't have time to pay an accountant. It's like you will when you're in jail. So get an accountant, <laughs> right? Right. Um, figure out how to develop a business plan. And there's lots of books, websites, seminars, whatever. I would go through the process of trying to be a good. Um, be a good business owner as well as whatever the product is that you're doing. Right. Right. Um, because this is why, you know, I don't know what the real stats are, but it's probably at least 90% of most startups fail. Um, certainly it's like that in restaurants, but it, it most startups just fail. You know, it's like, I'm going to run my own business. And six months later, you're looking for a job. Right. Well, I've seen people make the mistake of, I'm going to start my own business. And then they get this small business loan. And then they forget, well, that's a loan. You you got to pay that back. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, like you said. You're out of business. You're out of business. Yeah, I, I be, be stingy on money. Go for angel investors, friends and family. Please don't mortgage your house to start your first business because you're probably going to fail the first time around. And there goes your house. Right. So be conservative. And and I think the, the, the primary thing there is mentor. Like find someone who you respect who's, successful at business first of all you know not your uncle ralph down the street who's like oh, i can i'll mentor you it's like uncle ralph you were in jail right so <laughs> just got out yesterday actually <laughs> just got out yesterday i can tell you all the pitfalls like, i'm sure you can i'm going with aunt nadine because she runs a successful flower shop <laughs> exactly go talk to nadine and she doesn't have nothing to do with technology but she knows how to run a business but she knows business exactly right? That's awesome. Yeah, you don't have to find a mentor who's a tech savvy person. You just need to find a mentor who's a successful business person, right? So, looking forward, moving forward, what what are some things you would hope to see, let's say, in the next decade or so, that makes you go, "Yep, I think we're finally starting to go down the right path." You know, we got more Ooh, people of color. You know, what what are some things that will give you that sign that says maybe maybe we'll be all right from here on out? Ooh, that's hard to say because it's, you know, two steps forward, two steps back. Yeah. Um, but I'll give you an example. Um, when I started in Microsoft and for 90% of my career, well, most of my career until recently, I had very rarely would ever see another black person in any meetings that I was in, you know, and this was when I joined the company, it was probably 30,000 people. Now it's more like 150,000 or whatever it is. Um, but even recently, you know, I joined the office of the CTO uh, a few years back, 2018 or 17. There were no black people around uh, in that particular group. Um, now, I, I just met with my, my, uh, my tech fellows um, today, and there were like four other black folks in the office of the CTO. And one of them was a woman. Awesome. So if you add me, that's five black folks where there were none five years ago, right? That's, that's And the good, office yeah. of the CTO is no slouch. I mean, that's like the top of the company. That's where we advise the rest of the company on where technology is going. So now you can say, well, they're just tokens or uh, error 
affirmative action hires, whatever. But there they are. But there, <laughs> there they are. I find that hard to believe that they would be just that. People say all sorts of things. Oh, people so, say what they say. Yeah. They, they say what they say. Yeah. And that's a positive sign to me because, like I said, until a few years ago, I didn't interact with very many black folks at all. And it's not like the company didn't have them, but I was in core engineering. Right. And a lot of black folks were in like sales and marketing and, you know, all these things. So they weren't in core engineering. Now you're seeing a lot more show up in core engineering. Mm -hmm. um, so that's encouraging. Um, getting that, that number moved up from 3.6%. You know, I challenged our, our vice presidents uh, a couple of years back where they said, we're going to increase it by 0.1%. I was like, no, we're going to double it. Uh, if we can't double that number with all the focus we have, then there's no hope. You guys are just, you know, sandbagging numbers here uh, so that you get good reviews. Um, that's a ridiculous number. It should be 6% at least. Right, <laughs> you right. Uh, and just to drone on about it a little bit, I'm encouraged by things like a few years back, um, I was able to help us push in establishing a, a development centers in Africa, uh, Kenya and Nigeria specifically. And my thought was at the time, if we can get this engine going, um, the African continent is you know 1.2 billion people. So all up, they should be able to generate a eh, thousand, you know, uh, worthy engineers per year right. out of that whole continent. Um, well, that's great because that's how we did India. We started with a handful of people. It turned into a thousand people and now it's a couple thousand. And there's at least a few hundred a year that used to come over here to uh, Redmond. And now we have a ton of Indians in the company. Right. And Africa, um, you know, and there's a difference between blacks in africa versus african-americans you know oh well blacks that's were here in america that's a whole different conversation but, <laughs> but <laughs> color is color yeah so, yeah. <laughs> if, so and it, it's inspiring to be able to say look over there there's now 450 um black folks who are part of microsoft who did not exist mm -hmm. three years ago um and I'm going to do the same thing in the Caribbean. It's like zero engineers in the Caribbean, right. you know, out of 40 million people in the Caribbean. Well, we're just going to change that. We're going to have a lot more. So, I mean, to answer your original question, which is, you know, when will I be encouraged that, you know, we're, we're now good, is having a few more of these things trip. Whereas like, oh, we got Africa going, right? right? We got the Caribbean going. We've got people starting to show up in core engineering places like the office of the CTO, it's going. If that is uh, going and it's like that over and it's sustained for two, three, four, five years, then I'll think at least for that company, things are looking positive. Right, gotcha. Um, get a few acquisitions of black owned companies throw in some millionaires here and there. And then it's like, all right, it's as good as it's going to get for it's now all competition. Right. You don't, nothing's free. <laughs> right. Right. Now, now at least we're, we're on the playing field. Now let's start fighting for ours. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't tend to answer my own questions, but I'll answer this one. I'll tell you for me, it would be if we get to the point where companies don't need people like you 
telling them this yep. is what you should be doing. They just exactly. do it because yep. they should just be doing it. That's when I would yeah. say, all right, here we are. All right, time to retire. So yeah, it's <laughs> once once we've affected the, the culture shift such that that's true, then it's like, yeah, we, we don't need to be doing this anymore. It's already happening. And people look back and go, why were we any other way? That would that was really dumb. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. And that's when I would be like, we finally made it because again, it should just be, you're here because of what you do, you yeah. know, and that should just yeah. be it period. Yeah. And we'll, we'll go through some bumps and valleys along the way to getting there because people will say that today. It's like, Oh, it should just be all meritocracy. It's like, we're not on a level playing field yet. So we're not ready for that. Not, not even close. <laughs> but yeah, once we crack that, then we're good. So, and, and speaking of, you keep mentioning uh, the Caribbean, the Virgin Islands. I see your brother is down there doing some big things with the network down there. Is that what he? Oh, yeah. So there's a, um, the U.S. Virgin Islands is kind of unique out there because they're, um, they're wired to the gills with fiber optics amongst the three islands there. I've heard and this was... and I'm like, really? It, it kind of oh, yes. surprised <laughs> me for some reason, but. Well, because you don't expect it. And there's no, no other island that's like that. So, uh, I mean, none of the little island nations are like this. And it was um, a design that actually my brother and, and his mentor uh, did like 15 years ago. They put into motion uh, tax law changes and got money for this fiber optic network that is just bulletproof um, from a hurricane perspective and uh, some other things. Um, and then he went off and did other things and then he came back to it again just two years ago. But it, you just recognize like, wow, what a tremendous resource to have that kind of infrastructure. Right. right. Yeah. Now, the U.S. Virgin Islands is pretty tiny. You know, it's not like this. Puerto Rico is much bigger. Um, but the U.S. Virgin Islands, you have the combination of that infrastructure and access to the governor and the university and um, an outsized proportion of federal dollars to do all sorts of innovative things. And they're just going to make it a hotbed of uh, technological innovation. Um, because why not? <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Why not? Because why not? I mean, that, because that, why not? That usually drives technology anyway, you know, because exactly. why not? Why not? We could do it. Why not? Yeah. So you look at it and it's like, okay, where else could I find a distributed data center that is redundant fiber optic connections between the nodes that is hurricane resistant, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and is going to be powered by solar panels and um, differential uh, temperatures of the ocean. It's like, wow. <laughs> you know, that's that's a diamond in the rough. Exactly. So, yeah. far as, so it allows them to do things like just recently, they're rolling out uh, free Wi-Fi in all the- Yeah, um, I saw that too. Housing communities, the parks, the beaches, you know, you step off a cruise ship, you have free Wi-Fi. It's like, really? I don't even have that here in where I live. <laughs> well, I think the you great know? the great thing would be when people would go and they they that would spark in their mind like, well, why don't we have that here? And then they would take that home with them and go, let's try to make that happen here. Right, and you also have other. It's just you know how it goes. The internet and internet access and compute access that's cheap spurs innovation because young yeah. kids 
hey, 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 why don't we create an application that's like you fly a drone around the island and have a 3D experience? It's like, yeah, you can think like that when your bandwidth is cheap. Exactly. Free, yeah. Right. You won't think like that if you didn't have this resource. But since they have the resource, they go, oh, 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 I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. Right. And then we as Microsoft can come and say, sure, let, let us show you how to do that. Well, it's, it's great that you're interested in that. By the way, let's teach you quantum computing while you're at it. You know, it's like, <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> right. Next thing you know, yeah, you're feeding their minds. There you go. Right, you're feeding their minds because they've got this tremendous resource that's just kind of sitting there languishing and now it's turning into a gem. So, yeah, the Caribbean's going to be the hot place. <laughs> well, that and then in Africa. Yeah, so you got the triangle, right? You got the whole triangle right there, exactly. Right, so I, I've told that to some people and it's like, really, what? Oh, I get it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for those who aren't that familiar with African-American history or slave trade, you know, it was commonly slaves from Africa go on up to the Caribbean to pick that sugar cane, to make that rum, to send back to Europe. And then the slaves are either stay there or go off to the mainland to pick that cotton. Right. Um, you know, triangle of despair. And we're, we're trying to say, well, let's turn it into the golden triangle of prosperity. Right. Absolutely. So between, between Africa, uh, the Caribbean and the mainland, Atlanta, it's like, let's get uh, black folks rich in that triangle, right? Start with, some, minds. <laughs> get, start with your mind and then create some ownership. Yep. Get some equity and then let's yep. go. Let's go. That's exactly right. Oh, William, thank you so much. You're, this whole talk was pretty inspirational too. Uh, let's go do stuff, right? Let's go do stuff. I want to get up and go do stuff now, but it's getting late. Uh, <laughs> oh, I got to go to bed. I got to go to bed pretty soon. I mean, I'm getting old. Uh, but I, I truly want to thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been an honor. Um, you know, now that we've got all the formalities out of the way, I just want to do a little fanboyism. I've, you know, I've checked you out. Uh, you and your brother did a thing with the... Um, uh, computer, yeah, the computer history museum. I watched all of it. I think it was like seven hours, wasn't it? Seven hours, man. I watched it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Three times. Like I said that. Wow, I want to follow this guy. <laughs> but it, it's it, because it all. You guys truly are an inspiration. Because back when I started, you know, same thing. Back in the eighties, I was just a kid, programming, programming goofing off more than anything. And then I never mm -hmm. thought over time, I kind of walked away from tech because again, I didn't, it was no literally, to go with it. there was right. nowhere to go with it. There was no black yep. people. And yep. I eventually said, well, whatever. And plus, you know, I'm a nerd. I'm a, I'm a black nerd and I'm a black nerd in Southwestern Ohio. So <laughs> I was mm -hmm. stuck anyway. I'm like, I, okay, this isn't going anywhere. But then I start looking around and seeing more people like yourself. And I, I, I honestly was like, well, I'm going to get back into this. And so I turned around, went back to school, went back, got a network engineering degree. And here I am back being the nerd I was born to be. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's really important. Like, I don't know if I said to you, but I've certainly said before that you never know when you're going to inspire someone. I mean, my brother and I, when we were doing our tech thing back in the day, we would go to conventions, you know, for whatever. And young black men that we didn't know would come up to us like, you know, can you like we might have been in Next World magazine. Can you sign my magazine? Right. You guys are so inspiring to us. It's like, 
who knew? <laughs> who knew? <laughs> who knew? We're just trying to, you know, do our thing. And it's like, yeah, people out there on the sidelines going, go, man, go. Yeah, I want to be like you. Um, and it's not it's not for the narcissistic sort of like, yeah, you want to, you know, it's no. kind of like, I'm glad that that you are finding the support and the inspiration because when I was coming up, it wasn't there. Not so at all. So if I can give that to you, then, you know, um, that's exactly what we want. So if you haven't, um, I have a, oh, you probably have my website. So my website, um, william-a-adams.com um, has all sorts of stuff in it. I'll just keep adding stuff there. So all my uh, podcasts I've been on and right. um, that computer history museum stuff and uh, as I flesh out the event and all sorts of other stuff, it'll all show up there. Awesome. And we'll put all that in the show notes so more people can go check it out and continue to get inspired by you. And again, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I When, when I first got in contact with you, I was like, really? William Adams? I, I, flattered. Yeah. Flattered. Thank you so really? much for coming on. Leo Allen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that guy. No. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's great. Uh, and, we'll, and we'll continue to move forward. And to be honest, the title of the show, I kind of uh, stole from you because you had written an article. I think it was on LinkedIn. You called it Looking Forward. And I think mm -hmm. that was kind of after the whole George Floyd thing may have happened. Uh, but you know, looking forward is one thing, but we need to start moving forward, moving. right? Let's move, <laughs> <Yeah>. let's move. <laughs> we need to move forward, not not dwell. And the George Floyd thing is so interesting. And I know it's, we're done, but uh, the George Floyd thing is interesting. And, be, and what was interesting to me was that what people were asking me, how do you feel about that thing and blah, blah, blah. And what does it mean to you? And, you know, Chauvin's going to jail and all that. It's like, it's all distraction. Yeah. It's all distraction. All the Black Lives Matter stuff is like, go on, do that. Someone has to do it. Right. I have a mission. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And he's not the last black man who's going to be killed by police. We learn quickly. First. Right. You know, we have to stay on our missions or else as that tide rises and we don't have our boats Gotta because we're busy, boat. you know, yelling at the man. It's like, don't focus on the man focus on us absolutely <laughs> right? absolutely focus on us because if you're focused on him and the tide rises and leaves you're gonna be underwater you're gonna and turn around gonna where's like, my boat ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm on my boat <laughs> where's yours <laughs> where's yours <laughs> you're busy yelling at me and you you didn't make a boat <laughs> oh my goodness well again we'll go ahead and wrap up because i don't want to keep you too much longer but thank you right. thanks once again for coming on if you want to come back anytime, of course, you're more than welcome to come back and we could talk more. You can promote any new things you got going on. We'd really yeah, appreciate maybe it. Next year, there'll be a book and in June, there's going to be a Caribbean thing again. And, Absolutely. You know, on and on. <laughs> good, good. The next show we do in the Caribbean. I'm there. <laughs> okay. I kid you not. I, hey, I'll come. Is. I've never been to the Caribbean, but I, I will go. Oh, it's time to go. <laughs> all right well go back to your roots let's go let's go <laughs> well thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of voluntary input if you got any questions comments just go to voluntaryinput.com and of course there you can find all the previous episodes all of our videos 
hit contact us for any questions or comments. Or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, select register as a guest. We'd love to have you. We're always looking for great guests like you. Thanks once again, William. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.